You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. So your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity, you have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, off to a rollicking start. Jay Barker Radio Good Show, work. Thursday edition. Thursday edition. And I uh, have a lot to get into. Jay is taking some time off. My running partner, Matt Coulter, is on the road on assignment, but he is with us via phone and uh, is going to be back in studio here at the Palatial AVX headquarters in Birmingham, Alabama, tomorrow for the Friday edition. Got a lot to get to, a lot to get to today. It's a tremendous weekend of college football. Uh, I think if you look at the schedule from top to bottom, uh, this is probably the most compelling set of matchups that we've had. Of course, here in this state, it's headlined by the Texas A&M Aggies taking on top-ranked Alabama. CBS, 7 o'clock Saturday night. And, uh, you know, the luster is off this a little bit. The fact that uh, A&M has fumbled away essentially two losses and and uh, we've quickly forgotten 
at least it, it seems many in the national media have forgotten the Nick Saban v. Jimbo Fisher uh, war of words. We haven't forgotten here in Alabama, have we? Fisher went, uh, he called Saban a narcissist, remember, in May. And then on Monday, he told reporters Saban is, quote, a tremendous coach. And, quote, that people say he's arguably one of the best ever or the best ever. And then Nick said that he has no issues or problems with Jimbo. So they're all singing Kumbaya. I think Jimbo is because he knows that uh, I think uh, this is Lambs heading to slaughter on Saturday night in Bryant-Denny. And uh, everything is being toned down. I know that's not great for the uh, narrative that has been spun out of this war of words. Book deals have been signed. Movie deals have been optioned. And now this could be one gigantic dud. Because I think Alabama is actually absolutely going to lay the wood to A&M, no matter who's starting a quarterback. And you have to remember A&M's uh, Max Johnson, who started last week, He's also considered the day-to-day, day-to-day, with, uh, along with Bryce Young of Alabama. All right, let's bring in my partner, Matt Coulter. Matt, how are you doing on this glorious Thursday afternoon in Birmingham? I'm a really, really blessed man, and I try more and more as I get a little bit older to, to realize that. And just walking uh, out of the car this morning, just looked at the sky and went, God, literally. What a beautiful day, and we've had like two weeks of this. I know we need some rain, but I'm okay with this through the weekend. Uh, a couple of comments based on what you just opened with. i got to be honest with you. I don't think there's a book in this thing, and you're the author. I want you to respond to that, but a couple of other observations first. Jimbo is about to be served the biggest piece of humble pie in the history of college football. Okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But why do you think he's being nice to Nick? Maybe Nick won't hang 50 on him. Uh, statistically, and, and I actually did some research this morning. We'll get into it a little bit later in the show. Statistically, this is a, it, it's a no match. Um, and I also thought something of great note is uh, that Alabama is also planning, I think it's their biggest recruiting weekend. As far as I, I think that's by design because, Texas A&M is going to bring the Alabama fans to their highest peak ever, and they want those kids there to see it. They also want their kids there to see them give somebody a real butt thump. So, back to you in the booth here, Lars. My question, first of all, is that is this really book-worthy, and do you think that the, the recruiting weekend was set up with Texas A&M in mind? I'll say this. If... Uh... If there wasn't a book deal already in place, and I went to my literary agent, Richard Pine, at Inkwell Management up in New York City, and Richard is awesome. I love Richard. He is, uh, he's done, done well by me. And if I pitched him the idea, if I just wrote a three-page memo uh, about uh, I want to do a book on the rivalry between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and and then sort of ancillary stories of, uh, of uh, you know, how each one sort of came up. Uh, they're both West Virginia guys. And there's just not that many compelling storylines. It was compelling this summer. 
you know, when we had nothing to talk about because there was nothing, uh, no, no action to really talk about on the field. Or not really. There was no action. And so this would be a tough sell. I mean, my, my agent would turn me down. But then again, my agent also turned me down. I wanted to do a book on Bo Jackson. I was so excited to do a book on Bo Jackson. I said, this this thing can be the biggest. I said, this can be a winner. I can make Bo Jackson interesting to readers in Tacoma, Washington, to New York City, to Miami, and, of course, all throughout Alabama, all throughout the South. And my agent said, nah, it's a regional book. And so he passed on it, and so therefore I passed on it. And then my buddy Jeff Perlman, who I grew up with at yeah. Sports Illustrated, great, great writer, he ends up pitching the exact same idea, and I think he got about a quarter million dollars. So, uh, <laughs> well, what have you been your right? I haven't brought, I've not, I haven't, I haven't brought that, I haven't brought that one up to my, uh, to my agent Richard uh, about the uh, the swing and a miss on on that one. Um, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's called The Last Folk Hero. And uh, actually, I just Jeff just sent me a copy. Got it in the mail yesterday, and looking forward to digging into it. And um, I know that that Jeff uh, he lives out in L.A. And I told you this, Matt. Like it feels like he came into my backyard. Like man, this is my literary space. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> and uh, and and he uh, he he got me. But we're gonna get him on the show. Uh, he's going to be in town actually in a few weeks doing some book signings. Um, I think right here in Homewood at little professor. So, uh, he'll, uh, he'll come by the studio and we'll spend a lot of time with Jeff talking about Bo Jackson, but, uh, but no, right, Lars, I, I don't think there's a quick on the Bo Jackson thing. Did you read the first sure. book? I think that was written about Bo called Bo Knows by Dick Shap. Uh, I did not read that. I am a huge Dick Shap fan, and I've subsequently become very close with Jeremy, his son, Jeremy Shap, because we, we share literary agents, and uh, we, we talk quite frequently. Um, but, no, I did not read it. Uh, did, did you? It's a great read. It's a great read. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's a really, really great read. And it, and it goes back in, in uh, you know, how he got his nickname. Uh, how he was as a kid, how at times he was tormented, which is just impossible for me to believe anybody ever picked on Bo Jackson. But I look forward to reading Pearl yeah. as well. Okay, part B to my question. Did they design this weekend for recruits with A&M in mind? Yeah, I think so. Uh, just because of all of the uh, media attention on this game, uh, I think they knew it was probably going to be at night. And uh, I believe the weather is supposed to be good. I was just trying to look that up, but uh, I believe the the weather forecast for Saturday is is going to be good. And so you know, you get recruits out there and they see the tailgating on the quad, um, and you just uh, it, it's such a great game day environment. Yeah, it's a uh, a high of uh, let me see here on Saturday, high of seventy six, partly cloudy. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's when you're at Bryant Denny Stadium for a seven o'clock kick, and you get to the quad at like three, and you just walk around and and you just you you take in the environment. It is it is football nirvana. I mean, it's just a, you you couldn't paint the brushstrokes any finer on the canvas for football fans. It it uh, and I've been to plenty. You know, I've been all over. I've been. 
the Grove, uh, you know, uh, been Washington, uh, University of Washington, which is absolutely beautiful with the the lake right there, uh, Mount Rainier in the background. Uh, been out to USC, been to Penn State. Hey, let's do a dive uh, just, on that. In it our goes next on segment. and on. Yeah, it goes on and on. But uh, yeah, I, I do think uh, I, I do think that uh, this is by design, and and the weather is really going to help out because it is going to be a great atmosphere. Okay, coming up on the show, we have uh, Christian Miller, former Alabama player, uh, linebacker, who also does the Saturday pre pregame show with our very own Matt Coulter. Uh, he's going to join us at twelve thirty. Brian Vincent, head coach of UAB Blazers, going to join us at one ten. And Clint Lamb of On Three Sports, who covers the Crimson Tide at 1.30. So we got a full show. This is Lars Anderson and Matt Coulter, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Julio Jones Kia Mazda presents a Halloween classic car show and trunk or treating for the kids. Special prizes and free pottery grill barbecue. Bring your classic car, truck. I'm Heiner, 82. Tonight, fair skies, the overnight low near 55. And for your Friday, mostly sunny with a daytime high of 83. A bit cooler over the weekend, but still sunny. Highs both days in the 70s. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. up on twitter we'd love to answer any questions have any uh, as much interaction with you guys as, as possible my twitter handle is at lars anderson 71 matt coulter can be reached at at matt coulter 101 that's at m-a-t-t-c-o-u-l-t-e-r 101 matt we were talking about the game day experience in tuscaloosa and why it's so uh, special, especially when you have a 7 o'clock kick like we're going to have on Saturday. And uh, that sort of leads us into another topic here, is the best sort of, not tailgating scenes, but best fan experience at different stadiums across the country. You and I have both been lucky enough to go to stadiums all around the nation. What are some of your favorite ones? Well, you know, I'm going to sound like a homer because it's true. Uh, Auburn loves their football, and their tailgate experience is fabulous, especially if you go with Terry Henley. Um, it's It's got the same passion and fever as, as Tuscaloosa does in many, many ways. So I, I love going to games at Auburn, and I've been very, very fortunate to have gone there and actually several times see the guy we were just talking about before the break, and that's Bo Jackson. How blessed am I? Um, but I also think if you're – if you got a pulse and it's not on your bucket list, you haven't been there, you got to go to LSU at night. I mean, Death Valley is something really, really special. But I'm going to point one out more than any, and I don't know if you've been there or not. You spent so much time up in New York that perhaps you've been there. But any game, any opponent, 
any time, any weather. You can go to West Point and watch Army. I was fortunate enough not to just do it once, but twice. Toured the campus, looked from that wonderful mountainous point down into uh, down on the Hudson River, and then the stadium is down there right on the banks of the river. The mountains are high, and the water is beautiful. And, of course, the campus is so historic. It's just wonderful to tour it. But when it comes to the actual game day experience, and you get there early, and the band's playing, and, they, well, the what they do is first, like, I think the really impressive thing is when they march in the cadets into Mickey Stadium, it's just, I mean, your heart jumps into your throat. I cried. I mean, it was just unbelievable, just the patriotism that enveloped that entire stadium. I loved it, and I would go back in a heartbeat. Lars, have you got one like I, that that may, may not be necessarily because of the fans or the tailgating? But you asked that question. It was a really good spin on this topic. Where would What, what would you say is something kind of in that same genre? Well, the, the United States Military Academy at, at West Point is so special. Uh, yeah, I, I've been there many, many times. Uh, two of my books have focused on uh, West Point, and, um, and, and, you know, you're right. It is historic. I mean, the Academy, it goes back to 1802. <laughs> one year, that was when it was founded, and that's one year after uh, Thomas Jefferson directed plans to be set in motion to establish it. And there is so much history there. It was constructed on the side of Fort Clinton, right, uh, uh, which overlooks the Hudson River. And that's where Benedict Arnold conspired to turn over the British uh, during the Revolutionary War. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's just history left and right. And it, it is such a beautiful, uh, remarkable setting. And, and you can just, uh, it's like you can feel it. You know, his, I love it when history comes yeah. alive. And I am going to sound like a homer, too, but uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska, even though Nebraska is down, uh, where else can you go where, uh, look, at every bar, they're going to be serving red beer, and that's tomato juice and beer, which may not sound like a great combination, but on game day in Lincoln, it is. And where else can, you know, your uh, waitress, she gives you a, a red beer and says, well, uh, it's a 350 plus the government. <laughs> 350 plus the government so uh that's how they say tax in nebraska uh yeah. <laughs> um, camp randall is really great in uh wisconsin um of course ben hill griffin stadium florida uh is is quite the atmosphere uh it, i don't think the stadium is actually the amenities are, are that nice but uh uh neyland stadium I mean, I'm sure oh, I know you've been there a ton. Do you have any good, yeah. any good, dude, just paint a picture of what Neyland Stadium looks like to you from your memory of all the times you've been there? Um, I want to do something I'll, I will not even attempt to do um, an impersonation of John Forney and Doug Lake. But John Forney was doing the scenes that are the third Saturday in October at Neyland Stadium, and he was talking about how glorious, wonderful the colors, the hues and the Smoky Mountains and how beautiful the Tennessee River was and how the volunteer Navy had docked their boats and getting ready to watch Tennessee roll on and the checkered board end zones just light up the stadium as they form the tee and the teams are about to run on the field. 
and there's old Smokey, blue tick hound, sitting on the sideline. And Doug Layton went, if I had a thirty odd six, I'd drop him right now. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, he was yeah, high, and and, and what what makes uh, Tiger Stadium such a great place to uh, experience football at night? I got to say, I, I've been to LSU, been to Baton Rouge probably a dozen times, but never for a night game. So it's uh, still on the bucket oh. list for me. It's it's magic, and yes, um, the the Cajuns are getting rowdy. And before the game, though, you can walk all around the RV and the tailgate lot. And they, they'll hand you in a beat of beer and a bowl of jambalaya in a heartbeat. After the game, if you beat them, you better run. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they are so passionate. And at night, there's an atmosphere that dates back to many, many, many Saturdays um, for 50, 60 years. I don't know, probably back to Billy Cannon, don't you think? But it's just electric. And, yeah, a lot of it has to do because they're, they're imbibing and they're very, very rowdy. But... It's great food, and they love their Tigers. You know, LSU's won a couple of national championships in, in, in here, you know, what, in the last 20 years? They've got a very, very proud football oh, yeah. tradition, too. It's all good. Uh, and I, I think they're going to – I think Brian Kelly eventually is going to get them back to that level. I, I think within five years, Brian Kelly will be playing for a national championship. I I, I know he's come off as kind of a, a goofball coach in his first uh, – I don't know, six months or so, eight months on the job, but uh, the guy can flat out coach, and I've, I've gotten to know Brian pretty well over the years. Um, and he, yeah, he, you know, he's got a touch of arrogance to him, no question. But uh, most of the good coaches do. Uh, but uh, he, he can recruit. He can he can recruit. All right, uh, let's head to break, and uh, we're going to come back with Christian Miller former star Alabama linebacker who now does pregame show uh, with Matt Coulter. All right, this is Jay Barker Radio Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Jerry Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. back to the Jay Barker Radio Show this beautiful Thursday afternoon in the Deep South. Joining us now is Christian Miller, the excellent former Alabama linebacker who is uh, helping Matt Coulter and others, cast of thousands, I'm sure, right, Matt, um, <laughs> with, the, with the pregame show. 
Christian, how are you doing today? And, and, and what's it like for you to stand on the sideline being you're, you're so close to the team and you're so uh, there hasn't been a lot of time since you've been removed from the team. What's it like being a an actual reporter now standing on the sideline uh, watching the action? Uh, does part of you just want to get back in there? <laughs> you know, it's actually really fun. And, uh, you know, I, I do feel like I could just run out there and, you know, go out there and play. But, uh, you know, I really enjoy it. I get to, you know, still be really involved with the game and uh, get to report, you know, what I'm seeing through my eyes. And, uh, you know, I, I just enjoy it overall. It's just really fun working with Chris Stewart and um, JP uh, up with, uh, you know, Crimson, the Crimson Tide Sports Network. So, overall, really good experience, and I'm excited to continue doing it. Christian, how you doing? It's Matt. I look forward to working with you again on Saturday and listening to you as well. Has there been a point so far this year where you've gathered information and kept your mouth shut? <laughs> you know, I, I've I've been trying to do it do it the right way. You know, I've just been you know trying to trying to you know be a regular reporter. Um, so I honestly haven't really been trying to dig too much or get anything. Uh, you know, behind the scenes or whatnot. I mean, I probably probably could, but I haven't even really thought about it. I've just been going out there and just calling it how I see it in the moment. Christian, before we get to Texas A&M, uh, let's look back at uh, the Arkansas game. What were some of the takeaways for you from that game, and, and how did you specifically feel that Jalen Milroe did when he had to come in for Bryce? Well, you know, I thought that was, you know, uh, that resembled the, the Alabama that I'm used to seeing. You know, we looked dominant um, at the line of scrimmage. We, we had a, a great running game going. Um, the offensive line has just continued to improve every single week, and I think that was the best showing yet. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs, you know, finally showed us uh, what we thought we would see out of him, and, you know, he's just such a, a dynamic playmaker, and, and he, he showed that. He put that on display against Arkansas. Um, you know, there were some drop balls. I feel like they could clean up. But, again, that's not the end of the world. That's something you can clean up in practice. Shoot, just put those guys in the drug machines, and that should be fine. But, you know, defense looked really good. There's a few mistakes on special teams. But, again, those are things that we can clean up. But, overall, I just feel like um, to go on the road, um, you know, they definitely showed um, that, hey, you know, we, we can play on the road, and, and we, we can, we can you know, get back to that Alabama standard. And um, that's pretty much what I saw. And uh, speaking on Milro. I think he did a great job when he went in there. Um, you know, he was effective using his legs, but I thought he made some, some pretty good throws. And I think the more he, he gets out there and gets some more experience and, um, you know, gets to throw the ball around, I think he'll just keep improving. And, um, you know, I'm not worried about him if he has to go in there and play. I think he'll do a great job running the offense and, and being effective. Christian Miller from the Tide Tailgate Show on the Bear and the Tide free games on Saturday will air this weekend at two. He's also a part of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. We've been talking about his excellent work on the sideline. Uh, Christian, uh, a lot has been made, and rightfully so, because they kind of ended up throwing mud at each other. Certainly um, Jimbo got a, a dump truck full, and uh, you know Nick, Nick just had a shovel. But everybody's aware uh, of the rub between these two. Does that travel down to players? I mean, when that, I'm sure there have been some similar things when when you were playing. Does that really matter, the guys put the helmets on? I mean, it can, you know, people might not admit it, but, I mean, I'm sure there might be some, how do you put it, you know, just that might be in the back of some guys' heads, like, hey, you know, obviously I think first and foremost the guys that played last year are going to be 
feel in some type of way because they, they lost these guys last year. I know, for instance, when we lost to Ole Miss, and as a matter of fact, we ended up losing them back-to-back when I was here, but, you know, we, we you know, had that in our head, like, hey, these guys uh, beat us last year. We're not trying to let that happen again. So I think, first and foremost, that's probably going to be on a lot of guys' minds. But in, in, in terms of, you know, the exchanges between the coaches, I mean, I don't – I don't think it will have too much of an effect. I mean, at the end of the day, it's football. You know, there's a lot of emotions in this sport. Things like that are going to come up. I mean, you, you see it, you know, at some point, you know, someone's going to say something, whether it's a guy on another team talking to the media or a coach says something. At the end of the day, they're just going to preach to these guys that, hey, you know, don't let that, that stuff affect you too much. Just just go out there and focus on playing our game and uh, control what we can control. And, and at the end of the day, we'll get the results that we want as long as we focus on the process like Coach Saban says. Yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting. Gene Stallings uh, and Josh Smith, our producer, brought this up. Uh, Gene Stallings was asked recently about Jimbo facing Alabama, and Coach Stallings said, the less you say, the less you have to take back. Um, <laughs> pretty powerful statement right. there. Uh, Christian, let's um, let's assume for the sake of this question that uh, Jalen Milrow is going to be the starter on Saturday, and that that Bryce is is uh, still going to rest for another week. Um, how does the offense change uh, with uh, Jalen? And it, it it seems like Nick, one of his hallmark abilities as a coach, is the ability to. Uh, put his players in in positions to succeed and really emphasize their strengths and then try to minimize, you know, what they don't do as well. So how do you see the offense changing, or do you, uh, with Jalen Milrow behind center? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, as all the great coaches are going to do a good job of putting their players in the best position to be successful. Um, and I think that's exactly what they would do. Um, and, and I don't think Jalen Miller gets enough credit. I, he, I've seen him throw. I mean, he can make these throws. Obviously, you know, he might not have the arm or the accuracy that, that Bryce uh, has, which I don't think there's many other guys in college football that do. So that's not a knock on him by any means. I, I think he's uh, more than capable of making these throws. But um, if I had to guess, I would say maybe, you know, start him off a little slow just so he can kind of get his feet wet, get him, get him a little more comfortable and maybe uh, slowly build it up. I mean, obviously, you have a stable of running backs. I think they're going to uh, try to get the run game going um, to the best that they can, first and foremost. But, you know, maybe do some small things like, you know, some screens, um, some quick little, you know, RPO actions, some quick slants, just to kind of get his arm loose and kind of build that confidence within, within him. But I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they're going to, you know, tone it back too much where they, we don't see too many deep shots. I mean, he's capable of making these throws. But um, like you said, I think, they're really just going to put him in the best position possible. And whether that be, you know, a little bit of a screen game or, you know, quick RPO slant play just to kind of get him comfortable and then uh, slowly progress from that. Christian, I did a pretty deep dive this morning statistically, and Alabama's defensive numbers uh, in the SEC are one and two everywhere. And, and nationally, they're not far off that pace either. So all that being said, where's an area that through Christian Miller's eyes you think that they could actually improve? Uh, the, the most, the, the most glaring thing that I noticed, I would say is, you know, they haven't forced too many turnovers. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like the only turnover that I've seen so far may have been Will Anderson's interception. I could be wrong. Y'all, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, that, that's really the, the biggest thing that I feel like they haven't, um, had too many of, but again, those will come. 
Um, you know, whether maybe they're not getting them just because I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just sometimes, you know, those normally come up as you keep playing. So I think those will increase throughout the season, but, um, it hasn't really affected them too much. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, their numbers are still tremendous, whether it's, you know, stopping the run they've done excellent at. Um, they've hardly allowed really any touchdowns. I mean, they've, they've given up some field goals, which probably shouldn't even have happened. So, I mean, I think the two biggest things I would say is really just cleaning up little, you know, communication errors or mental errors, as we call them, and uh, forcing more turnovers, which, again, I think the more they just keep attacking the ball and keep uh, putting pressure on the quarterback, you know, cause those guys to make mistakes and, and the turnovers will eventually come. Christian, if you were advising uh, Jimbo Fisher on how to attack the Alabama defense, and Jimbo's the play caller, we all know that, um, what would you tell Jimbo? What, what, what is a way to, what's the path for A&M to keep this game close and by scoring some points and having success on offense? Well, you know, it's very hard to run against the ball against Alabama. And uh, we've seen that this year. We see, we see it every year, but especially this year, they're doing a great job stopping the run. So, I mean, I know these guys have a decent running back. I think he's the third leading rusher in the SEC. But if, if it was me, um, I would try to get, get Alabama's defense, you know, catch them off guard uh, pre-snap, using a lot of different movement and motions, seeing if I can make these guys make some errors, see if I can get them to have some miscues or miscommunications because, Usually that's that's usually how you, you you make big plays against Alabama. It's hard to beat them, um, you know, just off talent or off physicality. Normally, you know, we normally beat ourselves, and that's usually due to whether the offense is throwing something at us that we haven't really seen too much, or you know, they're doing a lot of pre-snap movements and, and whatnot, and it's kind of you know throwing off our communication. So if that was me, that if it was me, that's what I would do. I would try to confuse the defense, or um, you know try to just get them off their game um, mentally because that's, <laughs> hate to say it, that's really the only time we've really gotten beat so far this year. Christian, in a couple of days, D.C., you, myself, will um, all be at 1225 Sports Bar right there on the strip. What's the first selection on the menu for you? What it, what have you we've, we've tasted about everything on the menu, but what do you really, really like? Man, man, that's tough. They got a lot of good stuff. Uh, that that buffalo chicken dip was really good. Um, I, I enjoyed that, but I, I think you you recommended me the, what I got last time. It was that that turkey. I think it was like a turkey melt or something like that. That was really good. I'm, I might yeah. end up doing that again, honestly. Uh, well, Christian, it's, it's thank you so much. Uh, yeah, but remember our show is at two o'clock on the Bear and on Tide coming out of Tuscaloosa. We'll be on the air Saturday. Free game, Alabama, Texas A&M. Thanks, Christian. Yeah, appreciate it, Matt. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Thanks, Christian. Uh, Christian is definitely a rising star in this business. There's no, no question. No question about it. Uh, okay, we'll be right back to close out our number one. This is Jay Barker Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. That looks delicious. Yeah, it's Taco Bell's Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. Don't know if you heard, but it has double steak, cheese grilled on top of it, and nacho cheese sauce inside. Come high near 82. Tonight, fair skies. The overnight low near 55. For your Friday, mostly sunny with a daytime high of 83. 
bit cooler over the weekend, but still sunny. Highs both days in the 70s. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in. Matt, I'm intrigued by this uh, TCU-Kansas matchup. I know it may yeah. not be the most sexy matchup to uh, fans in the South, but if you're a college football fan, it's pretty interesting. Uh, game day is going to be in Lawrence, Kansas. We know that Kansas has been absolutely one of the worst programs in the history of college football for the last few years and uh their coach lance leopold has has turned this thing around uh very fast and uh now that makes it's the reason why he's on the radar of so many other schools that have already fired their coaches but both teams are undefeated uh tcu is picked to finish seventh in the big 12 preseason media poll kansas was picked to finish 10th and suddenly we're uh, they're they're playing a game in, in Lawrence where uh, if if Kansas can pull off the the victory, uh, they're looking like a team that actually has a shot to win the Big Twelve. Can you believe that this turnaround at Kansas? No, no. You know, usually when a, a really good coach comes into a situation like that, it, it's a, it's at least a two year deal before you flip it around. Um, he's been working on this, as we have talked about. He has an incredible track record. This is a very, very good coach, and I think they're going to have to put extra bulbs on the scoreboard because these two teams are absolutely going to light it up. And excuse me for not having it in front of me, TCU, didn't they just, was it Oklahoma they just beat the stew out of last week? Uh, that I'm, I'm trying not to remember. sure, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I think it was, I know Kansas State uh, laid it good to Oklahoma, uh, and um, the Kansas State's quarterback uh, came from Nebraska. That's why I know that. But uh, um, look, an, another great matchup, and that's why I was said at the early, at the top of the show that this is going to be a fun weekend of college football. Is uh, another uh, 11 a.m. game, and that's what time uh, uh, TCU Kansas is uh, on Fox. Um, but another uh, 11 o'clock game is Tennessee at LSU. And, um, look, uh, look, LSU got off to a, a sort of disappointing start, right? Uh, they were, it was a, a team that looked dysfunctional in their opening, uh, game loss to, uh, Florida state 24, 23, but they've rebounded really well. And now they're in the top 25 and, uh, look, nobody's predicting that LSU is going to challenge for the SEC West crown in Brian Kelly's first season. But the Tigers have a chance to go to 3-0 and in the SEC on Saturday if they wow. knock off the favored Vols. Uh, do, you, do you give LSU a, a, a good chance here to go into uh, – I'm sorry, they're hosting the Vols. Uh, do you give LSU a chance at home? Absolutely. Even though the day game will hurt because they won't be, they won't have as much time to practice and do pregame, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think LSU when they play at home has a chance to beat just about anybody. But um, this is a this is a huge task. I don't expect it to happen. But I have watched Brian Kelly. 
They've been in close games. They've made mistakes. They're learning, but they're getting a lot better. I like what I'm seeing out of LSU. You're a, you're a big fan of Brian Kelly. I don't think I'm as much, but I think he's showing me that he knows how to coach, and perhaps he can coach in this league so far. Lars, I'd be interested to see your thoughts on that because I, he's already proven to me he under pressure he can make mistakes, but under pressure he can also make really, really good decisions. And that's why they're – you know, it's kind of hard to believe. So I have to look at the standings. They're undefeated in league play. Yeah. Uh, they're a That's team great. that, uh, is kind of just, uh, hanging out there and, um, yeah, they're, they're doing quite well. And thanks to Gary Harris. He, he, he clarified this for us. Uh, it, TCU did put a stomping on Oklahoma yeah. last week, uh, 55, 24. And, uh, the, actually the game wasn't even as close as the score. I mean, LSU outscored him 27, 10 in the first quarter and, and really went on and, I, I never would have believed this, Matt, but uh, Brent Venables is already showing up on the hot list for uh, the hot seat. Wow! Lists, uh, of coaches who are in trouble, and come on, give 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 Venables some time. He, he one, he's never been a, hot, uh, a head coach, and, and two, he lost about half of his players from the transfer portal. Lincoln Riley didn't just uh, skedaddle out of Norman alone. He, he took uh, the best players with him out to, uh, yeah. out, to out to Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, I, I think kind of cool the Jets on that. And and also, Josh Heupel, what a job he's done in developing no, talent. I never, I never thought Josh Heupel was going to be this successful this fast. I, I covered Josh when he was a quarterback at Oklahoma and um, I, I thought he would make a good coach one day. I did not see this coming. Turning around te- turn around Tennessee so quick. Alright, we'll be back. Hour two. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving hey, you your personal best countdown, often okay? comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. And look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner. And you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome into Hour 2 of the Jay Barker Radio Show. I'm Lars Anderson. Jay is taking some time off. Matt Coulter is joining us as usual. But this time he is on the road on assignment. So he's on the phone. Matt, what are your expectations for how the quarterback position is going to play out for Alabama on Saturday? I'm of the belief that Bryce Young is going to start on the bench and that if the coaches had their way, he would not play a single snap, let that shoulder rest, give it time to heal, get him right for next week's trip up to Nashville, or excuse me, up to Knoxville to play Tennessee, uh, which suddenly looks like uh, they could be the third best team in the SEC. And as soon as I say that, watch them go and get beat by LSU. So that is my <laughs> expectation, and I and I think and I think Milrow will play well. And I think uh, and I mentioned this yesterday. I think this could be a, a really important game for Alabama in the totality of the season because they are going to want to uh, the coaches are going to want to lean on that offensive line, and let's see uh, the kind of the Alabama offensive style from the early Saban years, right? When it was a run first, pass yeah. second offense and uh, grind it out. And then uh, once you get that lead, then you really start sitting on the ball, lean on your defense and, uh, you know, win, win a game 34 to 10 or whatever. Uh, that is kind of how I, I, I see it playing out. What? How about yourself? I mean, look, this is all uh, you know, uh, because because none of us none of us know. No, and Saban, by the way, is going to call us all up and let us know right before the game. Isn't that what he said he was going to do? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. You can just hit rewind on what you just said. I will add one thing. First of all, they're not going to ask Milrow to beat him through the air. I think he does have to keep Texas A&M honest. And I think I did mention this yesterday. I think A&M has a really good secondary, so that's a big test. But what is the best thing that happened to Jalen Milrose? What happened last weekend in Fayetteville? Alabama 
had uh, had lost their edge, you know, and the momentum was all on Arkansas, and, and the lead was down to just five. And then Jalen, you know, he took over, and he won, and he won in a hostile environment. He won at Arkansas against a very good Arkansas team. So, I mean, those two things will really, really add up to what he's going to do on Saturday. I also do think here's the one thing I might say that you didn't. I kind of expect, if Alabama is going to get up, you know, if they get up early, let's say like 14-3, I think we might see Ty Simpson in this game a little earlier than many anticipate. But we'll see on Saturday. I know we got to take a break early so we can get to Brian Benson. Yeah, and uh, look, I, I'm really interested to see Ty Simpson. And, you know, it'll be a, a fascinating quarterback battle for ne- next year of who is going to be the starter. Is it going to be Simpson, more of the, the gunslinger, uh, the kind of quarterback that Nick Saban has relied on in recent years, a guy uh, who is more of the classic drop back? I know uh, he can run. Or is it going to be Milrow? And then the offense kind of goes back to uh, a, uh, a, a Jalen Hurts style of uh, run first. But, All right, we are going to get out of here early for this first break, and we're going to be right back with Brian Vincent, the head coach of the UAB Blazers. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Bring the kids to their Halloween trunk or treat party and classic car show. Saturday, October 29th at Julio Jones Kia Mazda. Bring your classic vehicle and show it off. Hey, Tom Heidner, 82. Tonight, Fair Scott is the overnight low near 55. And for your Friday, mostly sunny with a daytime high of 83. A bit cooler over the weekend, but still sunny. Highs both days in the 70s. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. All right, welcome back to the show. Jay is taking a few days. I'm Lars Anderson here with Matt Coulter. And now we are joined with the head coach of the UAB Blazers, Brian Vincent. Coach Vincent, how are you doing today? How are preparations going for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders coming along? Today, Thursday, and we've had a great week of prep, but we understand what we've got ahead of us. We've got a very good Middle Tennessee State team coming in. Um, you know, we understand the history behind this series. You know, back in 2017, um, it was a 23 or 25-23 game, UAB. And then the last time we played them in 2018, it was a 27-25. So you've got a team that's coming in. They're top 10 statistically in about eight different categories on defense. Their offense, they're going to throw it around with Cunningham and all their receivers. And, you know, they've already went down and beat a, a real good or, or a good Miami team, made them not look real good, I guess, at 48-24 to 24 and physically just got out of Miami. And, you know, it was 38-30 versus UTSA who was picked to win this conference. Um, 
with four minutes to go last week. So there's, they're a really good football team. Um, you know, defensively, they've got 19 sacks this year in five games, and that's the top 10 in the country. Nine tackles for loss per game, which is top five in the country. They've got nine intersections, which is top seven in the country. You know, they've got 12 takeaways overall. So we've got a really good defense coming in with a great defensive front. Um, I think it's you're going to be seeing strength on strength with our, our offensive line and our run game versus their front and their pressures. Um, I like our defense. Uh, they've been playing very well. You know, our strength is, is our back end and really overall just defense as, as a whole. But we're confident in our back end. They've got a big challenge in front of us, and we've had a great week of prep. So we know we've got a championship field game coming this Saturday. It's homecoming. It's Children's Harbor. And um, it's going to be great weather, so that's about all you can ask for. Uh, Coach, I'm not going to go back for very long. Just the one question concerning Rice. I know it's a disappointing loss. People think Rice, they think they're not a very good football team. I don't think that's at all the case, especially this year. But is, do you, are you a believer in a team kind of getting your number? Because that's the cut. It's last year and then again this year. Uh, and I don't mean to jinx you or anything, Coach. I mean respect out of the question. But I, can teams just kind of hold something over you? No, I, I just think that our, our two styles are very similar in ways where they're a ball control offense. Um They've been solid on defense. You know, they've always pulled off a couple upsets each year, you know, so to speak. They beat Marshall in 2020 when Marshall was 7-0. and and, But if you go back to and we're a ball control, time of possession, grind you, you know, shots, play action, those things. And if you turn the football over against those guys and they, you know, and they execute, which we turned it over, we had two costly turnovers that really, you know, changed the momentum of the game and changed the game that you've just got to stick to that recipe. And when you don't stick to that recipe and you turn the ball over, you give them an opportunity to beat you. Coach, how would you assess the development and growth of your quarterback, Dylan Hopkins? Uh, so far for the year, he's 50 of 73, 661 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, overall, again, how, how do you uh, see how he's playing and uh, just how he's developed? I think he's played very well up to this point. He's made a couple bad decisions. He's got one interception. That was, you know, that was last week, and that was tough. You know, that was a bad decision, and and he knows it, and, and we'll learn from it. But I don't think there's been a whole lot asked of him. You know, you go to that first game, Alabama A&M, because we played four games, and we're up 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, and we've only had the ball one time. And we rip a couple outside zones for long runs, you know, when skull early in the game, and then you're up, you know, at half, 35, 38, nothing. And second half, I'm, we're just running inside zone trying to run the clock out. You know, we took a knee with four and a half minutes to go up 59 to nothing. Then you go to the second game, Liberty, and it's raining the whole game. We fumbled the first play, and we put the ball on, a couple, on the ground a couple times, and we never really got in a rhythm. We go to Georgia Southern, and – we knew that um, defensively we felt like they were going to have a hard time stopping our run. We rushed for 258 yards. And, and he was still, I think he was, that game, I think he was like a 12 of 17 or 11 of 17 and made some really good decisions and good throws. Um, but what asked a whole lot of him because they couldn't stop our running game. 
And then we go to Rice, and he's 15 to 21. He takes that step. He just has really two bad balls. The, the interception and the, and the swing, that was a backwards pass that really gave them the momentum in the second half. They took the lead off of a backwards pass and scored off of it. So, you know, I don't think that you've seen the best Dylan yet. I think he's operated and ran the offense well, minus the throw here and, to, and there. But I think Dylan's a really good quarterback. I think he's one of the top, if not the top quarterback in the, in the conference. And I think the best is yet to come with Dylan. Hey, Coach, um, away from the field just a little bit, um, address UAB. I, I know that you don't directly are not directly involved with NIL, but do you have players that are receiving NIL marketing plans and monies and transfer portal? I know you're involved in that. Do you use it a lot, use it effectively, and uh, just kind of go over those two things because we hear all about the level at the Power Five conference teams, but uh, what about at UAB? I think if you go to the portal first, we, we used the portal last year. We got Jacob Zeno, the quarterback from Baylor. Um, we've got, we've got Renard Ellis who came in from, from Georgia Southern. So we've used it, but we've recruited really well here and we've had our roster kind of stacked off where it's coming. So we'll use it in needs. We're not going to sell out to it because. I still believe that, that you need to, if you can, we want to recruit high school players. We want to get really good high school players from Alabama and the five-hour radius to our campus. You know, we want to develop those guys and be able to have them in our program for years. If there is a need, you know, obviously we'll go to the portal and, and use the portal and our advantage on what we need. But our philosophy here is to build a, a solid class with high school players if we can at all possible. And, that's what we've done here, and now that's what you're seeing. And then in NIL, we do have guys that, that have NIL deals. So, you know, we've got our administration hired <clears throat> Jennifer, a girl who handles our NIL deals, and we have the website. We have all the things up to this point where they can set their own profile. They can go in, businesses can reach out to them, and that has happened. And we are using it. We're in Birmingham, and it's I've seen it grow in the last two months. Coach, we know you're busy. Uh, just one one final question for you. Uh, four games into the season, you're at two and two. Uh, just where do you think you are right now as, as a team? And I'm sure all of your goals, everything you want to accomplish is still out there for the taking, correct? Correct. You know, we've had, we're two and two. You know, we don't back down where we're at. We know exactly where we're at. We're not going to shy from it. We're not going to stray from our standards. You know, we're going to stick together. We've had two tough losses. We've lost to Liberty at Liberty, 21-14. That's a 4-1 football team, and we had four turnovers, four fumbles. Um, so, obviously, you you turn the ball over four times, you're not going to beat anybody. And we beat a good Georgia Southern team, and then we got to Rice, and two turnovers, uh, led, one of them led to a touchdown, another stalled a drive, and, you know, we lost to a, a – probably the best rice team up to this point on a game we felt like slipped away from us we had opportunities uh throughout that game especially at the end driving down to 11 but we we just didn't we didn't execute we didn't finish it and you know where we're at as a team is we understand we're two and two we understand we've got a great middle tennessee state football team coming in and we're the same football team right now that we were going into week one we're, we're tight we're close 
we've worked extremely hard. We're continuing to work hard. We got great attitudes. The kids, there's no separation here. There's no panic. This is what it is. This is where we're at. This is who we are right now. And what are we going to do moving forward? And, and we've continued to push ahead and get better as a football team. Coach, you've always been so gracious with your time uh, with, with us, and I uh, can't, can't thank you enough. And, and good luck against Middle Tennessee. Good luck on Saturday. Indeed. Thank, thank you, Coach. You, uh, you're very welcome. I appreciate you guys having me on. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. That's Coach Brian Vincent, UAB. Matt, you, yes, you follow UAB closer. You, you, you follow closer. You follow UAB closer than I do. Uh, how would you assess the, the first month of the season for the Blazers? You know, I, I think that they've got to be very disappointed with the loss to Wright. Other than that, I think everything has gone on schedule. But like I said and like he said, this is a pretty good Wright Owls football team. I really am impressed with their defense. Love the way they play there. And they literally, literally have one of the best running backs and running games in the entire nation. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we get back, though, Lars, I want to bring to your attention something very un-NASCAR-like that Rick Hendricks just did, and it was all pretty cool. I love it. I love it. All right, this is Jay Barker Radio Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. All right. Welcome back into the show. I'm Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Jay's taking a few days off. We now have the pleasure of being joined with Clint Lamb team reporter for Bama Insider and On3 Sports, who does a fantastic job. A must-follow if you are an Alabama fan on Twitter, at Clint R. Lamb. Clint, how are you doing today? And let's kick it off with what were your big takeaways from the Arkansas game last Saturday? I'm doing fantastic, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, for me, it was, you know, the fact that the offense was able to adapt and change losing Bryce Young, the fact that the entire offense for, you know, uh, well over a year now has run and operated through Bryce Young and his ability, mostly through his ability to throw the football. And then, you know, on a dime, you've got a young quarterback who has to step in. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience. He has seen some reps, whether it be last year or this year, but a lot of it, you know, it hadn't really been valuable game reps where you're able to swing the football around and kind of operate the offense as you normally would. So still a very raw, inexperienced guy like uh, Jalen Milrow. You bring him in, you know you're going to have to do some things differently. I thought they adjusted well. People have had question marks about the offensive line and whether it has the physicality or the ability to create consistent movement in the run game and create you know holes for the running backs. And I thought that they did a great job of proving that they can do that when necessary. Uh, and I think that putting that on tape for future opponents uh, was certainly important because that's just one more thing that they, you know, future opponents have to prepare for. 
So I thought that was big. Uh, I thought it was kind of, you know, a, a growing up moment for a lot of guys because if you think back to that this game, the cool, calm, collected presence with all the chaos going on around him, you know, obviously in those situations, Nick Saban's very cool, calm, and collected, but Bryce Young on the field was that guy. And when everything was going wrong against Arkansas, they didn't have Bryce out there. Uh, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams, just everything seemed to be falling apart. And they had to have some other guys that they turned to to be that calming presence. And I think to some degree, Jalen Miller was a part of that. He seemed very in the moment, didn't seem overwhelmed at all. Uh, but I think more importantly, it was a lot of other guys as well. And they were able to collect things and get things back on track enough to not only beat Arkansas, but still win by, you know, three-plus touchdowns. So I thought that that was big as well. And I think that, you know, having that growing up moment for a lot of these other guys on the road in a tough environment with everything is seemingly going wrong, I think that will pay dividends down the road as Alabama continues this uh, tough stretch of games in the next couple of weeks. Clint Lamb is our guest on the Jay Barker Radio Show Network. Matt Colt along with Lars Anderson. Clint, uh, catch up with him and read him on through on three. Uh, Clint, uh, a little rant from Nick earlier this week, and it really wasn't a little one. He seemed a little bit more irritated than usual. What was your take on that? Uh, which one are you talking about in particular? The, the one where he was going back into uh, – actually got into the fans. You, you can't do this. You can't do that. He was uh, – it was his typical rat poison rant. It was the Monday rant. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, there's, as you know, media members, we talk with him, and there's several times where we ask questions. He gets frustrated, and I guess that would be the one that would stand out and be considered a rant. I would say that we catch a lot more, uh, you know, confrontation from him on some of the smaller stuff. But, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. I just think that, you know, with this team, they've dealt with so much. You know, that I think it's the fact that the quarterback position – is one that, you know, you've had Bryce Young, you saw what Jalen Milrow was able to do on Saturday, but when you're playing a team like, you know, Texas A&M with all the offseason drama with the Jimbo Fisher stuff, that certainly added a wrinkle to it. But you think back to last year's game, and it, it was kind of set up in a very similar fashion. You know, uh, A&M had dropped some games they probably shouldn't. They were ranked outside of the top 25. The players were listening to the quote-unquote rat poison, and you saw them get beat. And they just didn't play a great football game. Offensively, they were able to put up points. But defensively, I mean, you allowed Zach Calzada to look like Brett Favre. Uh, and just, you know, that type of performance on that side of the football and the fact that they, you know, lost to an A&M team and they were criticized for it. They don't get beat by non-top 25 opponents too often, uh, even though they eventually ended up being ranked. I just think that, you know, Saban wants to make sure that these players and stuff are keeping focused and they're not listening to outside noise. And last week going into the game, it was kind of strange because everybody, I wouldn't say everybody, not even close to everybody, but a huge chunk of people were picking Alabama, or excuse me, picking Arkansas to either keep it close or to maybe upset Alabama. So I think rat poison last week wasn't really an issue. Anytime that you win big on the road against a quality SEC opponent like Arkansas, and then you get to move back to number one in the polls, I mean, everybody's going to be singing their praises. What's the, the narrative right now with Georgia? It's, you know, is this team as good as we thought they were? You know, they played that great game against Oregon in week one. Everybody talked about how they were far and away the best team in the country, and they, you know, 
it's, it's possible that Kirby Smart and company could repeat. And then from there, it kind of seems like they've, you know, sleptwalked through a lot of their schedule since. I think Nick Saban wants to avoid that because, I mean, Missouri could have beat Georgia on Saturday. Uh, they were not the better team. I think Georgia should have won. But at the same time, you can't ignore the fact that they were down double-digit points entering the fourth quarter. So, you know, this is the type of thing that can happen if you are not taking each and every opponent seriously. But on top of that, it's the quarterback aspect and the fact that I don't think Nick Saban liked that he was being asked about the quarterbacks because he doesn't want to give any sort of tell on where these guys stand. He wants to make sure Texas A&M is having to not only prepare for two different quarterbacks, but two completely different game plans because with Bryce Young in the lineup compared to Jalen Milrow, what they're going to be running as far as you know zone reads and read options and all that stuff with Jalen Milrow in there, you're not going to see design quarterback runs with Bryce Young. He's going to use his legs when absolutely necessary. But with Jalen Milrow, that, that is an element to his game. And with him being such a young quarterback, I would say that's something that's going to allow him to you know uh, get some momentum, take some pressure off of himself and off of the offense. And that's how they're going to be able to have success early on. So A&M's got the task of trying to, you know, uh, game plan for two different quarterbacks and two different uh, game plans. And, you know, on Monday, Nick Saban does not want reporters asking, hey, what's the status of those guys? Because if he if he's completely upfront and honest with it, then that's going to be a tell to Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. So. Uh, I, I understood the rant. I also understood from the reporter's perspective he's got a job to do. Obviously, Bryce Young being injured is a huge you know, storyline in college football right now, so he can't be ignored. But like I said, I understand it from Saban's perspective as well. Yeah, I, I'm, guessing that, uh, Coach Saban, I'm, I'm guessing that Coach Saban I'm guessing that Coach Saban sort of articulated those same words to the players either before or after uh, when he said that to the media on Monday. And, and hey, uh, I, I'm sure at some point you've been the subject of a rant. Uh, I've, I've had a student do a story on reporters who have, uh, who have been the target of, uh, of the rant, the, uh, the famed rant. But, uh, uh, Clint... Uh, just looking, I'm going to ask you what uh, Nick Saban would not want to be asked. Who's going to start this game? And uh, and do you, uh, do, do you envision a scenario, if you say Jalen Monroe would be the starter, do you envision a scenario where Bryce Young could play? Uh, I could, yeah. I mean, it, it, here's, here's the way that I put it to people. Um, what has Alabama done under Nick Saban? Nick Saban has always taught everybody within that program to believe and to treat every opponent the same. If you, if Bryce Young, if this was Tennessee and Alabama was, or, uh, you know, going on the road to Neyland Stadium to play the balls this weekend, and you were to look at Bryce Young and say, you know what, you might not be a hundred percent, but you're good enough to go, and we need you. We're going to put you out there. If you don't take that same mentality, if that would have been the case with Tennessee, you look at A and M and you say, well. We don't think A&M at home is nearly as difficult of an opponent as Tennessee on the road, so we're going to go ahead and rest you this week and give you extra time to heal up. If you take that approach, then you're sending the message to people within your program, players, coaches, everybody else, that there are differences in opponents. And that's such bit, that's been such a key building block for Nick Saban and the, and the mindset that he's created. It's a big reason why Alabama doesn't really get upset by nine top 25 opponents. Because they treat the non, you know, top 25 opponents the same as they do the top 25. So my point here is that if Bryce Young is healthy enough to play and would play against the Tennessee or an Ole Miss or somebody else, 
I think he's playing against Texas A&M. Doesn't mean he will be uh, healthy enough. Um, but at the same time, I could also see a scenario where it's like, well, you know, we would approach it this exact same way, whether it be Tennessee, Old Miss, Texas A&M, you know, Louisiana Monroe, doesn't matter. And that is, you're not quite healthy enough. You could probably play, but we think that, you know, to give you the best chance to be successful for the rest of the season and not re-aggravate it, and then we got a much bigger problem, uh, you're an emergency option quarterback. And then if, you know, Jalen Milrow gets in there and he is struggling for whatever reason, and A&M is keeping it close, maybe you put him in in that situation. But I think that the opponent doesn't matter. And I've seen way too many people talk this week about, you know, Texas A&M, I think you can rest up Jalen Milrow and, and put a focus on next week, just let him sit. That's not going to be the approach of Nick Saban in Alabama. I can guarantee you that. Um, but I do think that there are scenarios or avenues where you might end up seeing both. Just it, it depends. I also think that if it ends up being Bryce Young and they, you know, do in this game what I think is very possible, which is, you know, win pretty handedly, I could see a scenario where they pull Bryce early, maybe a little bit earlier than they typically would, put Jalen Milrow out there once the game is, you know, in hand or not really in doubt anymore. And then not only do you put Jalen Milrow in there, but he's not turning around and handing the football off, you know, 20 times or taking off with it himself. You're trying to operate the, the offense as normally as you would, kind of like you did with Tua Tungvaloa back when he would come in in 2017, where at the end of those games, you weren't turning around and hand, handing it off to the running backs and trying to run clock. They were wanting him to get valuable game reps, spreading the football around, getting comfortable in case he had to become the starter, because I think they do, or they did think that there was a very strong possibility at some point they'd have to turn to him. And so I think that now that you've seen this with Bryce, you know that it's a possibility that it could happen again. It's not just about throwing a guy out there and letting him get game action, getting on the field. It's, you know, allowing him to do things that's going to help him get better in those moments. So I think that that's also a possibility this weekend as well. We just, we have no idea what's going to happen. I've seen some people, they swear up and down that Bryce Young isn't playing. I've seen other people swear up and down that he is. Uh, just right now, I think it's all about how he's responding, how he feels about it this weekend. If he tells the coaches he doesn't think he can go, they're not going to force him to go. You know, they want him to be comfortable. He's got a future to think about, too, and that's something else to keep in mind. But, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, situation to monitor, you know, as Saturday, you know, gets closer. Hey, our guest is Clint Lamb from On3. Clint, uh, give us a quick inside story on one Eli Rick. And, you know, he was preseason All-American, second team. Uh, what is his status, and are we going to see Tyler Harrell this year? Well, I think that with, with Eli Ricks, it was kind of a – it was a poor combination. I think him coming in, you know, he did get to spend the spring with the, with the team, but at the same time he was banged up for a majority of the spring. So being limited, you're not going to be able to do everything that you need to do. Uh, but then, you know – as the summer continued, you saw other corners get banged up, but then you get into fall camp, and he's trying to, you know, get the defense down, improve, and, and kind of step up and be that guy. And he gets banged up again. You know, he's had a couple of other injuries throughout fall camp that slowed down his progress. And so I think it's just been a, a bad combination for him. And on top of that, I think the coaching staff, even though for whatever reason, some fans, at least early on, weren't really fully on board with the Kool-Aid McKinstry thing. I thought that all signs have been pointing to him being that one starter uh, for really quite a while, even dating back to the spring. And then it was a matter of who's going to start opposite him, even though he hadn't officially locked it up. I thought it was trending in that direction. 
But on top of, you know, him having one spot, I think it's not just Eli Ricks, it's the play of Tyrion Arnold. And I don't think that's something that anybody really expected. This was supposed to be a three-man right. competition between Ricks, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, and um, uh, Kyrie Jackson. And instead, it was, you know, Tyrion Arnold cutting in and, and kind of forcing his name into that competition and performing quite well. And I think that not only has he been – you know, starting caliber, there's an argument to be made. He's been the best Alabama corner out there. So, and I think Alabama's had two really good ones this year and they continue to get better each and every week. But I think that that's where you're kind of seeing it with, with Ricks. And he did play a little bit against Arkansas, but that was after, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry had to slot in the star because of injuries to, you know, the top three guys at that spot. And so, you know, I, I don't know, um, earlier in the year or back before the season, you know, I was telling a lot of people, hey, be patient. I think that it's possible that he could still end up overtaking the starting job. And if he does and he gets comfortable within the defense, he could easily become Alabama's best corner. I think you have to pull back on that right now. And it's not really necessarily through anything that Eli Ricks is doing at this point. I think it's what you're getting out of Kool-Aid McKinstry and Tyrion Arnold. So that's one side of it. And then with Tyler Harrell, I, you know, I think that he needs to get on the field sooner rather than later because right now, you know, Isaiah Bond is doing a lot as far as proving that he can be that vertical field stretcher. Uh, you know, that was the guy that kind of had predicted before Tyler Harrell decided to join the recruiting class that said, I think that maybe he could be a dark horse to serve in that role. He's been playing a lot in the slot along with Kobe Prentice, and, and Tyler Harrell I think is more of an outside guy. But now that you've got all these inside guys with Earl coming back and Prentice and Bond – you're playing, you know, Burton, you're playing Brooks, you're playing Holden, you're playing all those guys, you know, really, for the most part, on the outside. So where does Tyler Harrell fit in at this point? I still think with his pure vertical speed, he can add a, an element to this offense that hadn't quite been figured out yet. But I think they're able to push, you know, vertically from the slot with Prentice and Bond, and that can really add that as well. A lot of Jamison Williams' success last year came, you know, pushing vertically from the slot. So, you know, I, I still think Tyler Harrell can have a role. I think that maybe his role might be – he might be on the field, but it might be more so, you know, not what he can do for himself, but what he can do for the people around him as far as creating more space for other guys to operate because of his vertical speed and the fact that defenses have to account for it. So I would say that, you know, don't give up on him yet. He's just now getting back on the field. We don't know what he's going to be. The coaching staff wanted <laughs> him for a reason. But I do think that it needs to be sooner rather than later because some other guys are starting to step up. Clint, final question for you. This summer, uh, it was quite the war of words going on between uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And, uh, man, when it was talking season, right, when nothing was going on, this game was getting hyped up to uh, 2011 LSU-Alabama proportions, right? Game of the century. Um, do you feel that buzz? Is it, is it, are, are you seeing national writers, uh, reporters come in uh, to Tuscaloosa, or is this not even the best game in the SEC this weekend with uh, LSU facing Tennessee? Well, you know, I do think that we um, need to give a lot of credit to Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I don't think anybody liked what he had to say about Nick Saban uh, outside of maybe Texas A&M fans. But I will say that it's added, you know, a lot more excitement to this game. Because when you look at the X's and O's of it, I do think at some point Texas A&M's defense is going to start to click, and they're already pretty good. But I think they can become elite when some of those younger guys start playing with more consistent uh, consistency and get more experience. But right now when you look at it, and you know, Alabama's defensive front, I think that the interior of Texas A&M's offensive line has not been great. I think the exterior, you know, you're going to get wins. 
on the outside if you try to play, you know, the, that pass rush straight up. So I think Alabama was able to get fairly consistent pressure on quarterbacks who haven't really been that good, you know, anyways, with or without pressure. So I think that just I'm trying to find where Alabama, or excuse me, where Texas A&M is going to, you know, get 20 points, and on paper I can't do it. So I don't think that there would typically be a lot of excitement surrounding this game had Jimbo Fisher not stepped up and, and took all these personal shots at, uh, you know, Nick Saban, and, and now fans are fired up about it. It doesn't matter how big of a spread this game is. Alabama fans are going to be in Bryant-Denny Stadium on Saturday night. They're going to have the lights. I think it's going to be an electric crowd. And if they can score 100 on Texas A&M, fan, uh, Texas A&M, I think fans would be fully on board with that, no objections whatsoever. So I think you're going to get a lot more exciting of a crowd than maybe you would have otherwise. Even though it is Texas A&M that's a big brand, you know, you do you would have had the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban factor regardless. But I just think that, you know, when you look at it on paper, it, it's not really as exciting as maybe a lot of us had predicted. And then when you add that wrinkle to it, I think it's kind of made up for that a little bit. So I would be curious to see, you know, not only how the fans react in the atmosphere, but also, you know, Will Anderson's been asked a couple of times about it this offseason, and he's pretty much just said, hey, uh, why don't we just wait and see? We'll, we'll let you guys know, and it's time, you know. So we'll see what Alabama and Will Anderson in particular has in store. That is Clint Lamb of On3 Sports and Bama Insider. Clint, thank you so much for your time, your analysis, uh, your information that you provided. This has been really good stuff, and uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy riding on deadline. Uh, I remember those days not fondly, but uh, <laughs> uh, have a good time, especially when it's a Saturday night game and uh, you have an early, early, early deadline. Uh, Clint, good luck on Saturday with your own uh, with your own stories that you're going to put out. You do great work. Uh, again, it's at Clint R. Lamb. Uh, Clint, thank you again. No problem, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on, and I look forward to talking to you guys next week. And All right, this is Clint Lamb, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Join the Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Lynx Chapter for Lynx in Pink, a breast cancer awareness event on Saturday, October. Tom Heidner, 82. Tonight, fair skies, the overnight low near 55. For your Friday, mostly sunny with a daytime high of 83. A bit cooler over the weekend, but still sunny. Highs both days in the 70s. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama this Saturday. Yeah, it is going to be an excellent time for fans. Matt, have you ever been in a spot, whether it's a, an athletic event or somewhere else, at the altar of your wedding? Uh, have you ever been in a spot where you've said to yourself, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else on the planet? Yeah, especially if it has anything to do with height. But are you talking about more of the emotional setting or the physical? The the, the both, but both. Like you, you know, you're just in, you're at I a can't. place where everything just feels so perfect. 
Oh, everything. <clears throat> uh, yeah. <clears throat> Anytime I'm with all of my kids and all of my grandkids, all my family, I feel like the most blessed person in the world. Hey, I got to get to something because I teased it. Yeah, Rick Henry Motorsports did something just the other day I thought was very cool, but not something you would normally think about when it comes to, you know, the interaction between drivers and owners and teams and teams. Uh, it's just not NASCAR-like. But Rick Hendrick, who you know, you, you, you've met him many more times than I have, sent flowers to Richard Petty Motorsports. A, because Eric Jones had a huge win or Richard Petty, just a couple of weeks ago in the playoffs. And then Eric Jones also pushed Chase Elliott to victory at Talladega. Uh, did you just, I find it a little curious that he sent a big bouquet of flowers. Uh, that's These are guys that have got dirt under their finger now. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think um, the relationship between Richard Petty and Rick Hendrick is pretty fascinating. And yeah. is very deep because they both lost children essentially to the sport. Adam Petty died at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, I think it was during a test session. Um, and, you know, Adam Petty was supposed to be the heir to the throne. He was going to inherit the yep. kingdom of Petty Motorsports. And it was the same thing with, uh, with Rick Hendrick's son, Ricky. Uh, who tragically died in the Hendrick Motorsports plane crash uh, heading to uh, Martinsville uh, Speedway, and I was actually at Martinsville yeah. that day, and uh, it was uh, it was foggy, uh, and and you, you knew right after the race, or just right as the race was coming to an end, that a, a Hendrick Motorsports plane had disappeared, and and uh, and it, it didn't look good. And uh, I, I just remember all that, and I remember talking also to Richard about Adam. So I, I think, Matt, that it, what 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 Mr. Hendrick, and that's what everybody calls him, Mr. H. Um, yeah. Gosh, I swear, even his family members call him Mr. H. But uh, <laughs> I, I think they, they have a they have a special relationship. They are the uh, United States and England of NASCAR. Real quick story concerning the death of Adam, and we'll wrap this really, really good show up. Uh, Bobby and Judy Allison were either in the process of getting a divorce or were going to get divorced or already were. They both got in a car, the same car, and left Birmingham to go to Charlotte to attend the funeral of Adam Petty. Of course, Bobby and Judy had lost Clifford and Davey. In the route from Birmingham to Charlotte, those two remarried. Wow. I love that. I, That's I, compelling. Man, I, I, I was uh, actively covering the sport at that time, and I have never heard that before. What an, what an amazing story. Uh, and, and I, I look, mean that the Allisons. But they did get remarried. They, they remarried. They, they bonded again. They got together again, all because of all, unfortunately, yeah. what they had in Great show, Lars. You did a good job driving the bus. I'll be there tomorrow. All right. Look forward to having you back in studio and uh, look forward to talking to everyone on Friday because we're going to be one day closer to kickoff. All right. This is Jay Barker Radio Show. I'm Lars Anderson. That's Matt Coulter. Have a great Thursday. The weekend is approaching.
Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. 